on this feast of St. Jerome. Today is the 1600th anniversary of his death, so we should remember that especially. Uh, 402 is when he died, of course. Uh, If you do the math, it should come out right. It's been a long day. Uh, but uh, I take some comfort in the fact that of St. Jerome. He was had a rather caustic personality. Um, uh, he Not personally, but uh, I take, take some solace in the, in the fact that so many tend to have his same caustic personality, especially if you uh, spend much time on social media these days or if you had the misfortune of watching part of the uh, debate last night. Caustic. This little bites, these little jabs. And St. Jerome spent his life trying to get past that. And at the same time, St. Jerome and St. Augustine had a, um, a rivalry, uh, to, to put it uh, quite bluntly. Uh, St. Augustine was very, very uh, upset with himself that he couldn't do what St. Jerome was doing, and that is read uh, Hebrew. Um, the uh, whole phrase, it's all Greek to me, is from St. Jerome about that. He was jealous that St. Jerome... St. Augustine said it, sorry. St. Saint, Saint Augustine was jealous that St. Jerome could read the scriptures and not only read them in Hebrew, but translate from Hebrew into, into uh, Latin. And of course, that is the source of the Vulgate, uh, the source that is still um, the authoritative uh, Latin edition for us as Catholics. And, and uh, St. Augustine just, well, I guess it's all Greek to me. Uh, we, we've changed that. The meaning has, has turned around. St. Augustine could read Greek, but he, again. And even as we celebrate, we remember that St. Jerome and St. Augustine, because of that little saint in front of their names, are both recognized by the church as ones uh, who have, uh, um, are in, currently enjoying the presence of God as saints, um, despite their rivalry, despite their um, sometimes their caustic words, their sharp words uh, given to each other, St. Jerome himself, some of the other digs that he took towards uh, other Catholics, other people in his midst. Perhaps it was fitting that St. Jerome spent the last years of his life in a cave, in monastic life, because that's where the fruit of his prayer came forth in the Vulgate. The, and was able to spend his time not only focused on the scriptures, but living in the Holy Land, living so close to where Jesus Christ had been born, uh, literally just feet away, spent his life and found freedom, found Christ deeper. And of course, St. Jerome gives us that, that great line of ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. And uh, we might, we might say, well, yeah, that makes sense. The Gospels, after all, tell us. But St. Jerome is not just talking about the Gospels. He's not just talking about the Epistles. He's talking about the whole of Scripture, and we know this. If you go to Genesis, you pay attention to it with the eyes of faith. All of a sudden, you see much more than God the Father is creator there. In the beginning was when God created the heavens and the earth. The Spirit hovered over the Spirit. Hmm. And God spoke. What did God speak? He spoke a word. What was that word? The second person of the Trinity. Jesus Christ was present even at creation. Well, we know this, but in scriptures, how the author of of Genesis, already without having an explicit understanding of of the Holy Trinity, writing Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and how the Son appears in the rest of the scriptures, 
And if we have those eyes of faith, the the eyes that St. Jerome had, we begin to see how Jesus Christ is completely present there. The scriptures, the Old Testament especially, drips with the presence of Christ. How can we see anything other than Jesus Christ and Isaac carrying the wood up the mountain for the sacrifice and hearing Abraham saying, God will provide? We can't see anyone other than Christ. How can we see, even in the sufferings of Job, as we hear today a little bit of those, Job saying, uh, who am I to question the Lord? The Lord? I don't even know, I don't even recognize when the Lord passes. But, but when we begin to see the sufferings of Job as being nothing compared to the sufferings of Christ on the cross, we begin to understand that Christ is there too. The same Christ who is there in the Old Testament, of course, in the New Testament in the Gospels, the same Christ that we hear in today's gospel calling, telling us, follow me, continues to call us. And pay attention here. Uh, this one, I'll, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus is saying, it's not going to be easy. Talk about giving an incentive, right? Well, it's not going to be easy. I'm not, you're not going to have a bed to lay your head in because I don't have a bed to lay my head in. I don't know about you, but I like my bed. I like having pillows. And yet, Jesus says, follow me. There's conditions to following me. There's conditions, and we know these. Or the other, uh, let me go and bury my father first. In the Jewish world, this would have been scandalous. It meant one of two things. Either his father had died and he hadn't buried him yet, and by Jewish law, you had to be buried by sundown. You didn't want, first of all, you didn't want a dead body sitting around in Mediterranean heat. It was not good. Or his father hadn't died yet, and he's saying, I'll follow you after my father dies. No, let the spiritually dead bury the physically dead. Follow me now. Or better yet, when you do follow me, don't look back to what was left behind. And no one who sets his hand to a a plow and looks to what was left behind is worthy of the kingdom of God. We know the plow is, Jesus is talking about a run by oxen, pulled by oxen. If you take your eye off the oxen, they're going to be heading to the barn. They're not going to be heading straight. They're not going to be plowing straight. The field is going to be ruined. When we follow Jesus, we follow him knowing it's not going to be comfortable, knowing that we might have to make sacrifice, even a family, and knowing that we cannot look back. St. Jerome had that sense about him, again, despite being caustic by nature, mellowed out by Christ. And we too, when we follow, follow him without any reservation, or ought to anyway. Some, some of us following might have more consequence, but all of us are called to follow.